Welcome to the Red Bra Project Podcast, where red bra moments live. I'm Renee Bouse, founder and co-creator of the Red Bra Project. Each week, my co-host Shauna and I bring new conversations from amazing women all over the globe, sharing their stories of hope, wisdom, inspiration, and power, right alongside of grit, sweat, resilience, beauty, and tears. These stories help to elevate and inspire your life, creating a positive ripple effect. Get ready to feel the energy, motivation, and self-assurance to rock your everyday. We are so excited to have you join us. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the Red Bra Project. We are so excited to be back with you tonight. I'm Renee, the founder and co-host with you tonight. And we have such an exciting guest that we get to introduce to you, hear a little bit about her story. We're going to be talking about the journey of self-love, going from single at 45 to married at 45. She's going to be sharing all kinds of good details with us. She's now a life coach, an author, a speaker, a minister, a podcast host, all of the things. And she's coming from the great state of Ohio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> welcome, Ebony. I want to welcome Ebony Hill to the Red Bra Project. Thank you so much for joining us um, for tonight's show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Renee. This is such an honor to be here. Oh, you are so welcome. And I mentioned it when we first connected. I love your red and your lipstick color. You're looking amazing tonight. Yes, thank you. So do you looking smashing. <laughs> <laughs> We're scoring the red girls. <laughs> yeah. So, Ebony, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit, I kind of already spoiled it saying you're from the great state of Ohio, but why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your background, um, where you're coming from tonight and what you do. All right. Well, I am in Akron, Ohio, and I am born and raised, you know, an Akronite, and I'm just a lady that ended up on a journey that I didn't know I was on, okay, until I realized. And I realized that uh, I was 45 when I got married, right? So, you you know, you kind of live your life. You do all the things you're supposed to do. You get an education, you go to work, you get a job, you get the house, you get the dog, all the things, right? But that piece, that relationship piece didn't just fall into place for me. And so I found myself in my early 40s saying, hey, I keep having birthdays and I'm still not married. And, you know, some people say, hey, don't worry about it. Live your best life. I was doing that. Right. I was going to church. I joined the church. I was in ministry, serving family, friends. I got a boatload of friends. I got a boatload of family. But I was missing that peace, you know, that emotional connection with my person. And I found myself not really knowing what to do, right? So I got help. I got help. Um, I had a relationship coach. That's why I'm a relationship coach today, because I know how much that really helped me. And then also I read all the books. I did all the things, but it was really just being consistent and determined. That's what helped me kind of cross the bridge. And once I crossed that bridge to marriage, I married a beautiful, beautiful man, a wonderful husband. We've been together four years. It'll be our fourth wedding anniversary in July. And I can't believe it even still. I said, babe, this is crazy, you know? Um, but I made a promise and I said, once I'm married, I will not forget about my single sisters. 
I said it was okay. I was happy for everybody that was married, but when I was single, I wanted somebody to help me, you know? So that's why I kind of landed in this space out of the need that I had. And I'm so happy to be here. Mm. <laughs> I have so many questions. It's such an exciting story. I feel like I yes. feel like it's going to bring a lot of hope and inspiration to those people out there that do want to be in a relationship, but haven't quite found the one yet. Right. Um, right. You know, because along with that, whether it's said or not, there is a lot of pressure and maybe family or friends are kind of asking or hinting or trying to continuously set you up with people. So for you, when you reached out to find help from a relationship coach, what was all the other things going around too? Did you have kind of like the outside pressure and stuff or... Were they just kind of, oh, we're going to let Ebony do her thing? <laughs> yeah, it was more the latter, right? Um, I didn't have a lot of pressure. The pressure was from But, you know, like a lot of people, like you said, it is frustrating. Um, dating can drive you totally bonkers, right? Um, I say that I kissed a lot of frogs before I met my king, not my prince, but a king, right? Um, and it's, it's, it's just a lot, you know? So what for me, uh, no one was really pressuring me and that bothered me because I felt like nobody cared, you know? I felt like people didn't care if I was like 85 and single, but that's not what I wanted, right? So um, my relationship coach is actually a friend of mine and um, he approached me and he was just like, you know what? He says, Eb, I'm going to help you going to help you with your dating life. And I was just like, I felt like I got the Willy Wonka ticket, you know? I was like, yes, finally somebody gets it. And so what I found is that there were some things that I needed to adjust. I won't say change. I'll say adjust. I love that. Um, but there, it was nothing, it was nothing that would kill me or break me. Right. But when you're single, and you're in the mid of, middle of your life and you've been doing everything on your own, um, you don't know that men might need you to make an adjustment here or there so that they have a space in your life because, you know, we're independent women. We're doing everything. And maybe guys don't feel like they have a place in your world. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of came from the mindset of forget about it. He needs to get himself together and come on. Well, that wasn't really working, right? So that was... <laughs> One of the adjustments I had to make, um, another adjustment I had to make was being vulnerable. Again, when you're single and you're 40 something and you've been living life on your own and you find yourself crying or upset in the middle of the night, you just learn how to deal with it because you don't feel like you have anybody that you can trust with that secret thing or that special thing. So that, that gives you a little bit of a shell, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that that vulnerability, that that's like elixir to men. I didn't know that. I learned that. And I'm like, oh, so I'm supposed to share that stuff? Mm -hmm. Okay. It wasn't easy, but those were just a couple of the adjustments that I had to make. Oh, those are such great examples. And so when you discovered that, it, I'm sure it, it didn't feel natural to you at first. You probably had to kind of keep reminding yourself, this is what I have to do because you've been so used to doing things a certain way. And of course, you know, as independent woman and you do it all and you figure out how to get through the tough times and that just kind of becomes almost like your armor. Um, and whether you want it there or not, it's a part of you. Mm -hmm. You're right. 
It absolutely is a part of you. And even now when I coach singles, uh, that's something we talk heavily about. And I can tell them I had to do it too. And it wasn't even I had to, it was needed. But again, it's your blind spot. It's your area that you don't know exists. And I'm like, that's it? That's what I, I mean, of course there were a few other things, right? But I'm like, well, if that's what's really like in my way, or if that's one of the major obstacles, I'm willing to adjust that because I want what's on the other side of it, right? So I had to learn that. And you learn that by dating, you know, by dating a lot of guys. So one of my, I guess, my uh, superpower, one of my superpowers is that Renee, I was sexually abstinent for 10 and a half years before I met my husband. I, you froze. I decided. Back. Okay, you're back. You froze right after you said that. I'm like, don't go. <laughs> I was sexually abstinent for 10 and a half years. So way before I even got like totally serious about, you know, getting married or getting prepared for marriage, I decided that, you know, whatever I was doing wasn't working, right? Uh, whatever plan I had was just a mess. And I figured that I wasn't going to get a plan as long as I was just loose, you know? And so when I say I was dating, I just want to be clear that people know that I was dating abstinently, which is a harder road of dating. Okay. But the benefits, oh my gosh, I can talk to you all day about the benefits, but I found myself I found my value during that time. Mm. I found my joy during that time, my worth, you know? So as I was withholding, you know, my body, I was able to grow as a woman. So when I say I was out here and I dated and anybody who was around me knows I was online, meeting people in person, whatever it took, right? But I wanted to have the experiences. Uh, one of my prayers during that time, Renee, was that I wanted my marriage to be blessed. That's all I kept saying. Not even really knowing exactly what that meant, right? But I just felt like I was sowing into my future. Now, if I can be totally honest, can I be honest here? Oh, please do. We I was not happy, not happy at all about that 10 years, okay? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was the best thing that could have happened for me. But if I had known when I started that 10 years that it would have taken that journey when I took those first couple of steps, if I had known it was going to take that long, I would have never done it. There's no, I mean, who would do that, right? But once I was a couple years in, I couldn't go back, you know? I had a lot of temptation during that time. Oh, oh. lots and lots of temptation. But I had to weigh, is this guy worth the sacrifice that I've already put in? You know, the answer was no, right? So I just, again, I grew as a person, grew as a woman, and I can honestly say I became a queen during that time. So when I met my husband, I was walking in my royalty, you know, and he tells you, he could tell you uh, when we first met, I'm like, well, you know, I'm dating, da 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 And I said, well, if you're not my husband, I know he's right behind you. He's like, oh, no, wait, it's me. It's me. I'm like, no, well, if you're not. He's right behind. He said, it's me. Well, we'll see. But I had so much confidence, so much self-love that I was actually at a point where I enjoyed all of the dates. Um, but it took a while to get there to what was just like a happy time. 
I love that you're just, you're genuine and you're honest about it. You know, dating can be tough, especially when you're looking for the one, it feels more like a job than something you're enjoying. But I, I understand now why you say it's a lot of consistency and just doing the work along the way but also having patience. It sounds yes. like you kind of, once you got to a point, you kind of, you enjoyed the growth process and you're so aware of it, obviously, yeah. because you want to reach out and help other single women and men. I'm sure Absolutely. do you work with women and men. I do. Okay. I do. The guys, I mean, there's some good guys still out there, right? Yeah. Uh, they are, are limited. <laughs> there's, it's a, it's a rare supply, rare air. But there are some really good men out there that are just like like we are. They're just like, I don't know what's what's going on, right? So I do have one claim to fame, Renee, that I was a matchmaker for a couple. Uh, they will be married two years this year. So that's my one match that I've made. So I am a matchmaker as right. well. That's just the beginning. I have a feeling that's just the beginning. Um, you have a good handle on on the self-love journey and then even love as a couple. And I mean, the confidence that you had, I, okay, you have to share the story about how you met your king. So tell us. Okay. So we were actually volunteering and, um, both of us had belonged to this organization for a while, but neither of us had been actively participating. Right. And so I got a call, um, actually from a coworker who's also in the same group. And she's like, told me about this project. It was with a group of high schoolers, right? So there was a lot of change in the city, like two high schools were becoming one. And we wanted to do some like community work to help like set the stage for success with the teenagers. And for some reason, it just touched me, this project. I took vacation time from my job, everything, just so I could be there. Well, it was a Thursday evening. We had like our first meeting and there were different groups of people uh, working with different age groups. I just like, I wanted the, um, I think 11th graders. I was like, I want the big kids. Uh, that's it, you know. So I found out that I was working with someone named Kwa, right? Renee, I, ha- I had never met a Kwa before. So I said, is a Kwa a boy? Is a Kwa a girl? I don't know. I don't know what a Kwa looks like, right? And so I looked around the room and there were only like two people that I didn't know. So, so either this or that is the Kwa. So I saw this gentleman kind of checking me out from across the room, Renee. Like I, cool. I saw him, you know, checking yeah. me out. I tell you, my, my, my confidence is high, right? Oh, my yeah. So we, that was a Thursday. We decided we would meet on Saturday to go over our material because we had to work with this youth group on Tuesday. So we're like, oh man, we gotta go. We're like the first group. We met, um, it was a meeting, all right? We were there for seven hours. What? Seven hours. We talked about that project like less than five minutes of those seven hours. <laughs> I remember pulling out the book going like, yeah, we just pushed it to the side and we talked. Then um, he walked me to my car. He asked me if it was okay if he could call me that night. I was all kind of giddy. I'm like, I was hoping you would asked to call me tonight, you know, just, I'm like, who is this? I'm like looking at myself going, really? You know, I'm just totally getting So that was Saturday. We talked that night. We talked that morning. Um, and then uh, he had asked me, could we meet again? And I was like, I was hoping that you would ask me that, which was Super Bowl Sunday that year. 
we met at the same place. We were together another seven hours the wow. very next day. I know. He asked me on that, that Sunday if we were a couple. I'm like, I just met you Thursday. Like, we can't be a couple. But when I tell you we talked about everything, all the things you're not supposed to talk about, we talked about. We both knew that Saturday that something special was going on. And so this is just a little side note, um, my prayer, because you know, I don't know how other people pray, but I was just like, okay, God, this is like a handsome man. He's intelligent. I think he could be the one, but I wasn't feeling that fire, Renee. You know, I told you I've been abstinent 10 and a half years. Okay? Yeah. I'm expecting some fire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we met that Sunday, he, he wore these like really thick glasses. It's so funny. He had his contacts in, he had shaved his beard. And we literally, it was like a movie. We were literally walking in the restaurant at the same time. Wow. He looks different. I didn't even know it was him. No way. No way. But he carries like a briefcase. Yeah. And so when I look, I was telling my girlfriend, because I always told my friends where I was and what I was doing. And I, I was telling my friend, I said, well, let me go. He should be here, you know. And I looked down and I saw the briefcase. And I totally looked up and I saw this guy. And I just lost it. I started, you know, on his, rubbing his hair, rubbing his face. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> All I heard in my head was he gives me fever, like the jazz hands, fever. Oh, and I'm telling you, the fire came and it hasn't gone away since. I knew then I was in, I was, this was something different. Something totally different. That is awesome. Two weeks later, he bought my wedding ring. Two weeks after we met. Yeah. We were married in five months. We met in February. We got married in July. Wow. Okay. So, Ebony, yeah. tell us, how do you feel about rules and dating? How, what do you think about all of that stuff with love? Nah? <laughs> I, think, I think you do need rules. Yeah. Um, but, like, for for me ahead of time right so for us it happened very quickly uh, one of his buddies said the reason that we happened so fast is because we were honest and we skipped over all the games and over all the junk we were just like two healthy adults that wanted and again it wasn't a date it was a meeting that turned into a date because we were just started vibing and talking about stuff and it just literally happened just like that I feel like your story though, is so cool because it's not about here's the, here's the paper. Like you both knew you had internal values and things you needed to talk about and oh, stuff yeah. that was important to you and where you connected, but it wasn't like, okay, we've been talking for two months and now we can go to the next thing and we can go to the next thing. And now we've been engaged for, you know, like it just, you got, it sounds like you went with what felt right. Yeah. Definitely uh, led by the Holy Spirit intuition, which I tell ladies like that again is another superpower. If you don't, if you're not tapped into your intuition, I don't know how you're making it in life. Like seriously, but what, Renee, when I tell you, I felt like a physiological change that Saturday. I I literally thought I was having a stroke or something because it was so much going on in my body. I felt like there was an electrical current just racing through my body like like i felt like i was plugged into two surge protectors mm -hmm. and i'm sitting there talking to this guy trying to be because this was at the very beginning yeah. and i just i felt different and i promised that i was trying to remember but i think that lasted for like two or three weeks and i'm like is this what people mean by you just know is this it? but in the moment you don't know if you're just 
tripping or if it's legit you know <laughs> fair enough fair enough yes yeah yeah <laughs> like, but i'll say it was legit. going on with me that i don't know about right now that I'm, it was it was a lot more going on i'm gonna spare you all the gory details but <laughs> it was a lot i mean with both of us with both yeah. of us and we were both just kind of sitting there talking like oh my gosh is this really is, is this the thing the funniest thing um about that story a girlfriend of mine was at that restaurant that day and she didn't even tell me until like two years later she goes i was there she says ebony i saw everything that was going on and she was just like wow this is something else because she knows me and i'm like you didn't come over and say hi she was like no it was intense you know when we left that first night we had our hands crossed we were looking in each other's eyes it was like the room had blacked out it was a whole movie whole movie situation going on there oh totally. my gosh i love it i love it totally mm, such yeah. a beautiful love story congratulations on moving into four years um that is just yeah. magical and thank so you have you been when did you decide did you go right into kind of being a relationship coach after you and your king got together or did you wait a couple of years how did that happen it kind of happens like naturally because i have been like talking to friends right and i think that's the story with a lot of coaches you find yourself like already doing the work so it wasn't like immediately as soon as i got married but um, I'll say soon after, I would say within that first year, like where I was legitimately like bringing friends over, like, okay, what are your dating goals? You know, and things because people knew my story and it's like, okay, well, what can I do? What do I need to do differently? So the good thing is my husband and I are so much alike. Um, and I'm so happy that we actually coach together. Right. So our, our business is a Hilltastic coaching and we do the couples coaching at uh, the couples. I'm sorry the singles coaching together, but we are That's prepared. Yes. <laughs> we are prepared for couples and um, I'll soon be a licensed minister. My husband already is licensed. So we'll be performing weddings. Renee, I'm just gonna put that out there into the future that <laughs> we'll be marrying some people. I tell you, we're passing out husbands in 2021. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but we're passing them out, all right? But it's getting people ready, you know, being honest and saying, you know what, marriage is not the end all be all. You still have a lot to do on this side of, of the wedding day, right? But so many people get discouraged along the way. And actually on the back of my book, um, at the top of it, I say it's not too late for you. So I do believe that I'm a hope dealer. Uh, I use my story to say that I'm not special. I'm just a woman who didn't give up. I'm a woman that was just believing in love. And I said, I asked God, I said, if it's possible. Didn't he give me one? Like, oh my goodness. It's like, not to be like, hey, look at me. But my promise again was to help other singles and to say, if it happened for me, it can happen for you. I love that. And so I'm, I'm guessing I was going to ask if you can talk a little bit about your book. Is that the yes. premise behind your book? Okay. Yeah. So my book is how I went from 45 and single to 45 and married and people go, wait, what? But now, you know, the story. So, you know, Hey, on my birthday, I was 45 before that birthday came back around. I had met my husband and got married. Right. Um, 
so in my book, I have 13 different chapters. So the subtitle is uh, the 13 secrets that changed my life. Hmm. So I actually give some secrets in my book. Yeah, some secrets because it's like, you know, what do I need to do? Well, chapter number one is be honest with yourself. So many ladies say, I want to get married. I want to have a husband. But in the very next breath, all men are dogs and I'm fine by myself. Well, that's a that's a duality right there, right? You have to figure out which one are you? Because you can't be, you cannot be in this space. It's a hard space to be in. We talked about that, the dating space. But if you're here, I need you here, right? And that's something I had to decide. Uh, chapter number two is meet God right where you are. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a minister in church. You don't have to have, you can be a raggedy mess right now and it's okay. But are you willing? This is what happened for me. My secrets, it was definitely me and a God thing, right? Me and God. And then the third chapter is to get help, right? People ask me, what are the, the most, the three most important chapters? I would say those first three. If you can get through those three chapters, the rest, you're going to buckle your seatbelt, but you can get through the rest. I talk about flirting, being approachable. Uh, one of the chapters is let's talk about sex, right? We're adults. I said, we're grown folks, right? We got to be able to talk about sex, not phone sex, not sexting, but having healthy conversations around sex and what your expectations are. So we go, we get into it. Um, I talk about the list, the infamous list that everybody needs to have. Yeah, I had a list, Renee, and my husband met every point on my list. Wow. But again, I'm just so blessed and thankful that he was even more than what I asked for. And I asked for a lot. Yeah. I had like a Christmas list. I was not stingy with my list. Did you ever, I, with your list, and I think that this comes up a lot of times too, did uh, you ever feel like you needed to back off your list or take things off before finding true love? Did you kind of weigh that devil angel thing of, oh, that my list is just ridiculous. Nobody's ever going to meet this. This is too much. As I grew and developed, uh, my list went from frivolous things to the things that mattered to me. Ah, that's really cool. My list okay. was absolutely too much. Okay. My list was absolutely too much because I knew as I learned myself more and as I grew as a woman, I know there were certain things that I had to have. Mm -hmm. um, now, was everything on my list a deal breaker? No. Okay. However, I knew this is what I needed to be able to live my life happily and not get married and end up in divorce court within a year or two. <laughs> but I also prayed over that list. And I also gave that list back to God. And that's what I tell people again, secret sauce, superpower. I said, okay, Lord, this is what I know, but I'm gonna give this list to you to change it however you see fit. Mm. But a lot of my things were character, um, character items, personality, um, things of that nature. So I didn't have like a zip code on my list. I didn't have a, he had to be so tall. I didn't have a um, income on my list. I didn't have, those things weren't so important to me. But what was on the inside of that guy? That's what I needed. Very cool advice. Okay. Yeah, that makes complete sense about how your list would shift and change as you grew, especially along the journey. So very cool. Um, mm -hmm. You have your book there. Can you hold it up for us, please? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. 
And where can it be found? You can find my book at bookebony.com, B-O-O-K-E-B-O-N-Y.com. That's my website, bookebony.com. And I'm also on Amazon. So there's a book and a workbook because one thing's for sure, you got to do the work. <laughs> and I, I write in here and I say, if I could, I really want to call this a do the work workbook. And I've had ladies tell me, Renee, they have taken this book and chucked it across the room many times. And, you know, even I'm um, just having sessions with women. I was meeting kind of like if you think about like a Mary Kay party or a Tupperware party, I was doing that with my book right before COVID and you know, all that. But, you know, one lady told me she was just like, you know, when I say uh, be honest with yourself, what I think is a very simple question. Yeah. They're like, I never thought about that before. You know, I just thought it was just what you're supposed to do. I never really thought about, is this something I want to do? So um, another cool thing is at the end of each chapter, my husband's name is Kwa. For the record, a Kwa is a boy. Um, <laughs> at the end of each chapter, there's a section called Kwa's Keys. So he gives a little nugget of his summary or from the good guy's point of view. Ah. So I think that's really cool. Uh, one of the things on my list, Renee, is that I wanted a good guy. And I said, I want a good one. I want a Campbell's Soup, mm-mm, good man. Yeah. And I did get one, okay. <laughs> so he's uh, the spokesperson for the good guys. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Oh, that's so fun, too, to put a guy's perspective at the end of every chapter. Yes. Because, um, yes. you know, we're all always curious about what's going on in the opposite sex's head, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> so throughout your whole journey and I mean just even in general I mean we talked a lot about your self-love journey and finding love and relationships but obviously fear is going to rise mm. you know from time to time and how, how did you kind of what type of fear arose for you for this particular journey what mm. did that look like and then how did you kind of navigate it and work with Whew, man, that's a good question, Renee. Um, I would say the biggest fear was that it wouldn't happen for me. The biggest fear to be out here um, on your abstinence journey, uh, living for God, trusting everybody who knew me knew my journey. And I'm like, what if I'm like 80 when I meet my husband? You know, like, man. And, and you know what? There was a part of me that said, you know what? If that's the reality, because my list was kind of intense. Um, if that's the reality, if I'm 80, um, then I'll be 80. But I was determined, I was not desperate. I was determined to reach my goal of being a bride. And I tell women, it's a choice. We could all go down to the gas station and meet a guy, right? Yeah. No offense if you meet your guy at the gas station, but. I <laughs> know, I know, no judging. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you how you mean right facing fear was was saying I'm not going to listen to that voice in my head that tells me I'm too old 
Um, I'm going to look at all these beautiful brides I see on social media that are my age, that I went to kindergarten with and graduated high school with, and women that I know that are my same age that are getting married. So I really just had to like face the fear, like look at it straight on, accept it, and start to like really wash that negative negativity out of my mind because you know those negative thoughts can just reverberate in your brain and just drive you insane right so I had to put another message in I was like you know with tears in my eyes like I'm trusting this process I'm trusting God you know like it wasn't easy I cried many a night but I knew I just felt it in my gut and that's why I'm so passionate about helping other women and then also Renee I felt like my instincts had really gotten sharpened, right? I'm like a, a dating ninja. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't need those skills anymore. And I'm like, I feel like it's a waste to let all of my instincts go to the wayside when it can help somebody else. And the women that we work with are so grateful. Oh, they're so grateful. Um, I have a friend that's going through a situation right now in our group, but she's just like, thank you, Unqua, for doing the work that you do. Thank you for caring. Like for me, you know, like me, I wanted somebody, why don't people care about the singles, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you feel like it's like a badge of shame, kind of, you know? And you just feel like really awkward about even talking about it. Mm-hmm. So to be in this space is an honor for me uh, because I had to face the fear. And if I can help somebody else face fear and move forward and continue on with tears in their eyes, I'm like, you can do it, you know? So it's a really, really a blessing to be in this space. That's so powerful. I love it. How can people connect with you to be coached by you, to be, you know, learn some of the dating ninja relationship skills and into intuition? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, folks can find me on my website, bookebony.com. Um, there is a space there you can uh, go on and get a free consultation a 30 minute consultation with me and we'll get together we'll talk um we'll see what your goals are we'll work out a plan and we'll get you going awesome and then if you work with people do you work in groups and one-on-one absolutely Uh, we are finishing up a series right now becoming your best self uh, we're three more weeks to go in this particular group coaching series. And then we also have the option for folks to do one-on-one. So uh, we're finishing up now with that. We'll do more group coaching in the fall, but definitely through the summer, one-on-ones, get everybody lined up and rocking and rolling. That's so cool. I love the variety there just because some people may be more comfortable in a one-on-one setting, but you know, other people may want to benefit a little bit more from a group setting and kind of see and hear what others are going through. So, you know, it's everyone's own personal um, comfort level. Absolutely. And the ladies in the cohort are awesome. Uh, they've bonded. There's a whole sister vibe thing going on amongst the ladies, which I've, I never even thought about. It's such an extra added benefit that's really, really helpful. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And congratulations to your first couple. I know that's going to be the first of many. So that's so exciting Thank for a you. matchmaker. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh. That, that's something else too. That was totally, again, it, what, it really had very little to do with me. I just had to listen. It was like, hmm, hmm, ding. You know, I've, I've introduced many couples, uh, but that one just clicked. They, they have a story very similar to my husband's and oh. I. Yeah, very similar. So neat. 
Um, so Ebony, so this is one of our, our kind of uh, infamous questions. So we, it's the Red Bra Project. So we talk about our Red Bra moments and they come in all different shapes and sizes. They can be big, huge moments, maybe when you know, you are taking that first leap after 10 years and, and being with the man of your, of your dreams, or, you know, it could be literally getting out of bed that morning after a super depressing six months and doing your hair and makeup and feeling like I'm ready to own, I'm ready to own the world again. So what is a red bra moment for you that when you look back on, you're like, yes, that is a moment. I will not forget that feeling. You always have that sense of confidence on underneath it all. It doesn't have to be outwardly. Nobody has to know what's there, but you know what's on underneath that, that red bra. So what's a moment that comes to mind for you? Honestly, I've had many, and I'm thankful to say I've had a few even already this year. Yes, um, but I love it. <laughs> as we're talking, I guess, thank you. Um, as we're talking, it would definitely be writing my book. Um, I'm a creative person. And if you're a creative, you have so many ideas and you're like a ping pong ball. Sometimes you're just like all over the place, you know, but when I felt in my spirit that I had to write a book to go from, I'm going to do it to doing it was huge for me. And even once I finished my book, Renee, I sat, I sat on it for six months. I didn't look at it. I didn't touch it. I just walked around like it didn't exist. And people are like, what's up with your book? I'm like, no, because you're thinking about all your business. You know, I'm putting so much of myself into this, my stories and, you know, how will people receive it and all the thoughts. But the day I decided to go forward, you know, edit it, publish, I, I self-published. Um, that day was a day I'll never forget. Uh, when I got my first copy of my book and I'm like, wow, this is a real thing. You know, that was definitely a red bra moment. And then to get the feedback from the ladies, I didn't expect this. I expected people to be like, oh, this is a good book or oh, it helped me. They're like, you know, this is their dating Bible. It's all dog-eared, it has been beat up and thrown. You know, I'm like, my book, you know? Um, it's just, it's it was just a prayer of mine, you know, to be able to help other women. And I feel like even though it's a dating journey, it's an empowerment journey as well. And that means so much to me. Um, that's something I'll never forget. I don't care how many books I write after this. This one will always be special because of that. So awesome. I love that red bra moment. And isn't that the best feedback you can get in your books all beat up and there's notes on it and, you know, pages are, yeah. are you know, bookmarked. So yeah, you know that it's getting a lot of use. That's just beautiful. That's awesome. Yes. And that it's helping people. I'm just like, yeah. so totally humbled by that. Yeah. Yes. So you, you were led to write it. And even though you sat on it for six months and you could have let those thoughts, because we all have them, talk us mm -hmm. out of doing what we know should come next. You put the mm -hmm. aside and you did it. And that is amazing. So congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for sharing your story um, of love and relationship guidance and you know, connecting with all of the women out there that need you. I mean, people, when you know you want to find love in a relationship, it's not easy all the time. And to have somebody who's offering guidance and support is huge. Um, it can make it everything just feel less lonely. So thank you so much for doing your incredible work. You're welcome so much. And I think after the year we've had, 
Uh, you know, a lot of people had a lot of time to think and you're saying, you know what, this is when you kind of want, want to have a husband or a wife, you know, you want to be in a relationship. Um, you don't want to do life by yourself. Right. And it's not easy there. So I'm, again, I'm, I just feel like it's my calling to be in this space and I'm happy to do it. Mm, And you're following it. I love it. So we close out every one of our shows with a quote and the quote that we have for you tonight is love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. Maya Angelou. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you. Excellent. And that is what you remind people the determination and consistency and not giving up on love is all about. And that is such a beautiful thing. (laughs) Thank you, Renee. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) You are welcome. I love it. (laughs) Thank you to all of our viewers who tuned in tonight. Please share Ebony's story with somebody who needs it in their life. As you guys know, stories hold so much power and we can really help light away and hope for others. So share away, make sure to subscribe so you get all of our show reminders. Everything happens pretty much over on Instagram at The Red Bra Project. You can watch all of our episodes on our YouTube channel. If you are audio, you can listen to them on one of your favorite podcast channels or subscriptions, whatever you call them, or you can read all about them on our blog at theredbraproject.com. Thank you everybody for joining. Ebony, thank you for being our guest. All right, thank you so much. Have a great night, bye-bye. Bye-bye. so much for spending some time with us on the Red Bra Project. We are so excited you stopped by. If the story resonated with you, if you could take one second and share it with somebody who needs it in their life, we would be so grateful. Stories hold so much power. We'd love to hear from you. So tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Come on over and say hi to us at the Red Bra Project on Instagram. You can check the full written blog posts on our website, theredbraproject.com. And every single one of our podcasts has a video to go with it over on our YouTube channel, The Red Bra Project. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you soon.